everyone, and welcome to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And today I am really, really excited <laughs> to talk about something very weird, um, a little bit like offbeat from what we normally do here on the Ooh. pod. Um, I am assuming like that a lot of our listeners are in the same boat as me, and I, I actually don't know about you, Penny, but we'll find out here in a second. Um, I've been watching the new episodes of Stranger Things. Are you a Stranger Things watcher? I am. I actually, um, so we'll, we'll say it right now. Um, sorry if I sound a little different today. Um, I just moved. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> have been um, out of the apartment, even the new apartment after that um, all weekend. So I have not watched any of the new season yet, but I am a fan and I do plan to watch. Penny is actually uh, joining us today from the Upside Down. Yes. So Hello. that's why she sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is I promise there are no spoilers for season four or really for the show at all in this episode. Um, but I, I did want to delve in today behind some of the truth behind Stranger Things Ooh. and some of the weird conspiracy theories about the U.S. government's past. <laughs> Always delightful. Um, yeah, so uh, believe it or not, Stranger Things is based on true uh, events. Uh, not completely, obviously. There's a lot of fabrication, but uh, based on a real uh, series of CIA experiments that happened uh, anywhere between 1943 and the 1980s. There's actually a few different things we're going to explore here. So um, I'm very excited because I am. Uh, I love a good conspiracy theory. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to hear about it. Uh, so in case you have not watched any Stranger Things, I'm just going to lay out a, a really basic synopsis so that you can follow along. If you Hopefully, if you, you don't watch the show, this will pique your interest and you'll be interested in watching it. So um, basically, it takes place in Hawkins, Indiana in the 80s, which is a, a fictional town. But um, the the general plot is that the government has a lab in Hawkins that is conducting experiments to kind of alter space and time. And they are also using human test subjects, mostly children, to kind of hone uh, practices for psychic warfare during the Cold War. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, sounds really dark. There's a lot of really awesome like levity and hilarious moments in the show. Um, it's it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is uh, a very fun show. It's a very fun show. Very 80s nostalgia fun times. Um, but the Duffer brothers, who are the showrunners and the writers, um, they did really want to ground the kind of science fiction elements of this show in real life in science some way or another. And so their writing was heavily influenced by two separate government projects. Um, the first of which is an actual like proven <laughs> thing that happened. It was mm -hmm. the uh, MK Ultra project, which I yes. think a lot of people are are familiar with this. Um, so the MK Ultra project was created by the CIA in 1953. And their aim was basically to develop some sort of mind control techniques that would give America an advantage against Russia in the Cold War. Um, so the project, uh, this, the, there were declassified CIA documents that came out later that basically made the government look very, very bad. <laughs> 
because they they denied deny denied that any of this had happened of course because why why would they say right. yeah we did that um but when the documents came forward it basically confirmed that the cia had conducted experiments on participants some unwilling participants um, to assess the potential of LSD and other drugs for mind control um, to use for like information gathering and unfortunately psychological torture as well. Um, That program involved more than 150 human experiments um, involving different psychedelic drugs, paralytics and electroshock therapy um, like I said, later, it, it was found that several of the people that were involved in that experiment did not know that they were involved in that experiment. Uh, that's a yikes. It, big yikes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and though MKUltra uh, lasted from 1953 until about 1973, 20 years, wow. they were doing this, unbeknownst to the world at large. Um, details from the program didn't become public until, like I said, 1975, when there was a, a pretty widespread investigation into the CIA and uh, what kind of illicit activities they had been engaging in. Right, what y'all were getting up to. <laughs> right. So, yeah, at that point, they really couldn't hide anymore. The The documents were declassified and uh, we, we come to find that, yeah, they had been doing these things. Um, so this project ties into kind of a a smaller storyline within stranger things which i believe we learn about in season one or two um that eleven's mom was meant to basically be one of the mk ultra experiment participants Uh, and that while she's pregnant dr brenner is using lsd and sensory deprivation experiments on her and that kind of accidentally makes 11 with her psychic gifts the way that they are. Um, so that, I mean, I guess it's not a small part of the story. It creates 11. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a pretty small, uh, chip off the, the, the block there of, of what we're going to get into next, which is, this is where it gets <laughs> really spicy wild. And I, I, I'm just still I've been in a wormhole for about two days reading about this (laughs) drop drop that spice on (laughs) I'm ready Uh, so the second project at work here uh, is widely thought of as being false because there's less evidence to back up that it ever occurred Um, so we're going to call it a conspiracy theory here Mm Uh, however, this this story is so closely linked to Stranger Things that the show was almost named after this project. Um, the original title of Stranger Things was called Montauk. Ooh. And uh, the Montauk project is the, the next little bit we're going to talk about here. However, first, we, oh. need some, we need some background context here. <laughs> um, so we're going to jump all the way back to 1943. Uh, and this, I think, is a pretty well-known conspiracy theory. And uh, honestly, kind of ties back to some of our, our previous ghost ship episodes. Um, so in 1943, the government was experimenting with ways to make vessels like undetectable to mm-hmm. Nazi and enemy radars. And the vessel they used for that experiment was the Eldrick, uh, which was based in the Philadelphia shipyards. It was a naval destroyer. And that is why, hence, this becomes known as the Philadelphia Experiment or the Philadelphia Project. 
Um, and the claim <laughs> is that the ship was basically fitted with tons of electromagnetic technology and it worked to hide the ship from radar um, but it also worked too well and the ship became completely invisible and naked to the naked human eye they could not Uh see it Uh, and then the the wild claim is that due to this the ship was transported through a wormhole basically and dropped 200 like uh yards away at norfolk um 200 yards 200 miles my brain (laughs) 200 miles away uh, in norfolk virginia and then came right back to philadelphia sure Uh, right makes perfect sense (laughs) why not um, so the, the claims around this story were that then when the government officials like boarded the ship to make sure everything was like hunky dory, that the crew members had been fused to the metal of the boat. Um, and some of them had been turned completely inside out by the trip um. and that the few survivors were like completely like driven mad by what had happened um, did the people get turned invisible too like yeah i mean supposedly the whole ship disappeared for mm-hmm. like several seconds um but then the people the, the the crew member the surviving crew members who have talked about this are like that didn't happen uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, whatever, right? Wrong. So then... <laughs> uh, I just raised I... my eyebrows so high you can't hear eyebrows. <laughs> and then I was like, wrong. What wrong. next? Wrong. Uh, so then basically years later in 1984, this really like crappy B-movie titled The Philadelphia Experiment comes out. And it's loosely, the premise is loosely based in the, in this idea with the ship. I think if I'm not mistaken that this, this is like a space film. Um, But anyway, when this movie releases, a 57 year old man named Alfred Bilek sees the film and claims that he has intense deja vu from hearing about this Philadelphia experiment and it unlocks this like huge reserve of memories that he has about his involvement with the Philadelphia experiment and later something called the Montauk project that he brings up. He's like, and also I was on this other thing. <laughs> so he speaks at this conference and uh, says that his real name is Edward Cameron and that he and his brother Duncan were crew members on the ship, the Eldrick. And claims that basically um, they, this is, it's so funny, but so, I love this. <laughs> basically, the, the, his story is that when they went through the wormhole, that they were dropped in Camp Hero 1983 on the Montauk Project. Oh my. So that these two kind of portals in 1943 and 1983 are connected. Uh, and then his claim is that his memory of his work was wiped using the MK Ultra technology. So parts of this to me, I'm a little like, 
it's obviously the wormhole stuff. I'm like, mm. but <laughs> do I believe that there are probably people who worked on shit for the government that got their memories wiped somehow? Absolutely. <laughs> like weirder. The government's done much weirder stuff. So <laughs> then the plot thickens. 1992. Uh, there is a book a self-published book released called The Montauk Project, Experiments in Time, by uh, a man named Preston Nichols. And while the book is classified as being a science fiction novel, <laughs> Nichols begins the book by saying that he wrote this book after recovering memories from his time as a researcher on The Montauk Project, and then goes on to give this like really detailed account of the interior of the facilities. Cause I mean, the, the facilities are real, the, the camp hero mm -hmm. and um, the Montauk air force base in New York are real government facilities, right. That exists still to this day. They're still standing They're They're very closed down. Um, but he gives like de detailed uh, accounts of the interiors and all the procedures and technologies and then like <laughs> details uh, numerous paranormal incidents that he claims to have witnessed so this is where our our two storylines here kind of collide and come together <laughs> so supposedly uh albert or his real name is you know allegedly ed cameron and his brother duncan from the ship Ed claims to have befriended Nichols in the 70s, the, the author of the book, and that together they built the Montauk chair, which is a like piece of technology very similar to what we see in Stranger Things when Eleven is mm -hmm. uh, like wearing kind of those, you know, uh, electrodes on her head and things like that. Um, a piece of tech that like magnifies the psychic abilities of whoever is sat in it. And according to them, Duncan Cameron, Ed's brother, had, like, substantial psychic abilities. They don't, they don't say why. They don't have any. <laughs> Maybe from being, like, plopped through a wormhole on a ship in the 40s. Maybe so. Might have, who knows? Um, but their, their claim is that Duncan was so powerful with this that he could sit in the in the Montauk chair and summon items from thin air. Uh, which what? <laughs> um, and then this is also, uh, but this again, big ties to stranger things in the book. Nichols writes, the first experiment was called the seeing eye with a lock of a person's hair or other appropriate object in his hand, Duncan can concentrate on the person and be able to see as if he were seeing through their eyes, hearing through their ears and feeling through their body. He could actually see through other people anywhere on the planet. Mm. Very so, Professor X. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Very X-Men. Very, uh, very stranger things, obviously. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I, I've been an absolute just whole reading about this now for two <laughs> days. And I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't, like, the, the logical part of my brain is like, absolutely not. But then I'm like, what if? <laughs> what if in the 80s they developed some kind of crazy technology? I've been thinking a lot, too, about um, 
you know, there's all these movies now coming out with like a multiverse in the yeah. in the subject matter, and I'm like, that ha- there has to be something, right? <laughs> like somewhere, somebody leaked some kind of information on something the government's working on, and then everyone was like, ooh, let's make some cool movies. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely definitely a, a fertile fertile ground of imagination. <laughs> uh, so. Tying again into where the the Duffer Bros kind of get a lot of inspiration from this story, uh, Nichols, the author of the book, also claimed that they this this is really sad, honestly, that they picked up like runaway children and experimented mm-hmm. on them in these in the Montauk Project, um, and that they were you know. Uh, children that like nobody would miss more or less like either Mm -hmm. runaways or like um, orphans children of like parents that had addictions things like that where people wouldn't be looking for them um and they in the book they're called the montauk boys so then of course this this uh what's it called like cyclical reasoning or whatever (laughs) uh where where conspiracy theorists all just kind of get together and yeah confirm each other's beliefs um in 2017, a man named Stuart Swerdlow came forward and said that he had been through like therapy and recovered memories of being one of the Montauk boys and like detailed his account of his time during uh, his like imprisonment imprisonment in the in the facility. Um, so, you know, crazy is as crazy does i don't know (laughs) but it is interesting because from what i could tell reading these separate accounts other than this gentleman the 2017 obviously like there had been a lot of information uh about this out in the world by that point but uh the interesting thing to me was that from what i could tell the the first gentleman al and or ed whatever you want to call him and preston nichols their information came out right about the same time Mm mm-hmm and I do find that interesting that there doesn't seem to be any connection between them uh, until later, much later when they kind of are like corroborating each other's stories. So that is, that is fascinating to me that like, I do think something was going on at that, that base. Um, but here's where it gets very, very fun to me. <laughs> So uh, the the project gets shut down, supposedly, in like 1973. And they talk about, you know, the, the, the Montauk chair that Duncan has this incredible ability to summon things or do things. So supposedly Ed and Nichols think like this, this has gone too far. We are, you know, we're experimenting on children we're ripping holes in time and space. Like this is too much. So they are wanting out of the project. They're wanting to get, get shut down. And Duncan, the extra spicy psychic boy (laughs) who is hooked into the Montauk chair, apparently at this point becomes angry that people are wanting to leave the experiment and released a monster from his subconscious that took over the base Oh shit. Uh, and they describe it as being like a hairy beast. They just call it the beast and everything. 
and that it materialized outside of the facility, like on the, the, the grounds outside and that it was just like smashing everything, killing everything. And that the only way to destroy it was to get rid of all of the technology <laughs> uh, in the base. So how convenient, uh, how convenient. Um, so, but again, also direct correlation to stranger things, yes. right? Like having to close the gate more or less. Um, so yeah, apparently they, they destroy all the technology, the beast is killed and then the government comes in shuts down the project and fills the base with cement um now i will say what is interesting is that to this day and which to be fair it is a you know a a military building still um, but to this day these buildings are still heavily guarded which i think i do think that's very interesting um like there is i would say there is something that they don't want people to know or see. Um, and I mean, if you didn't have proof that the government was unwittingly like performing LSD uh, things on unsuspecting victims, people would be like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so again, like it's not complete. Like, I don't think a beast was unleashed, but I do, I do think that there's probably a lot of weird things going on uh, as far as like paranormal investigation that we have, we have no idea about. Um, but I also think I can tell by your silence that this is a, a ghost situation for us again. A, l- a little bit. I mean, I definitely, like, I certainly believe that the government does weird and shady shit that we don't know about. Um, I guess I just generally am not impressed with the efficacy of <laughs> the government as a whole. And I don't know wow. why the secret one would be any better. <laughs> so right. I feel like I just don't believe that they actually succeeded in most of these things. I do believe they, they could have attempted things like this. Right. But, yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, that is a, I, I honestly, I had never, some of these, cause I, I do love a good conspiracy theory. So like mm-hmm. some of these, like the Philadelphia experiment and stuff I had heard of before, but I had never heard about the Montauk project um, theory and I thought it was very interesting. And uh, I think we'll probably start i'm honestly surprised though even that i hadn't heard about it with i mean because stranger things has been out for a while now (laughs) yeah like i think i do remember the name like i think that in the early days i must have seen some like you'll never believe what crazy real thing that stranger things was based on but like i never like looked super deeply into it so it is interesting like how direct of an inspiration it is for the show yeah and apparently they like i said they were originally going to call the show montauk um and they were sued by like another filmmaker (laughs) yeah who had something he had like a a a short film called the montauk project and he was like you can't do that and they were like okay so (laughs) they moved it to fictional hawkins indiana um which i mean we're both midwesterners we'll take it we'll we'll take the (laughs) <laughs> even if it is um <laughs> ooky spooky we'll, we'll take it yeah you can um, get you can get some ooky spookies in the midwest i think it's more fun to like have it be kind of like a secret inspiration like, yeah that makes the show feel like more of its own thing yes agreed 
but yeah, so I wanted to take a minute and talk about that. And I, uh, I have finished what is on Netflix of season four and it is absolutely incredible. I'm so, I just love this show. You know, when, you know, it's been gone for what, three years now. And like, you kind of forget how much you love something and it's been just an absolute pleasure to watch this show again. So um, if some of y'all out there are fans, I hope you are enjoying it as much as I am. Uh, DM me when you finish. Let's talk about it. Don't DM Penny. She's behind. No, She's not moving. Yet. <laughs> yes, I'm, not I'm d- looking, for, looking forward to seeing it. Hopefully this week I'll get to sit down and watch. Yes. Uh, do not DM the Ghouls Night in pod because then Penny will see it. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, speaking of, of that, uh, if you are enjoying the podcast and you want to keep up with us, you can follow us over on Instagram at Ghouls Night and Pod. And if you are really, really liking us, what we would love is for you to pop by wherever you uh, listen to your podcast and leave us a review. That really helps us uh, know, A, know what kind of content y'all are enjoying and uh, it helps us spread the word about the fun and spooky things we're doing over here. It's true. And I do believe we have a review to share today, don't we, Penny? We sure do, Midge. Uh, This is a five-star review on iTunes from Benny Jets uh, titled Cozy Ghouls. Oh. Right? I cannot say enough about how much I love this show. It has everything my spooky heart desires and always feels like I'm chatting with friends about what makes us love the strange and unusual. I can always put on the newest episode and immediately feel so cozy and happy to be among some spooky souls. Keep up the ghoul work. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Benny. So yeah, if you want to leave us a review, we might read it right here live on the air. <laughs> we, we sure will. Um, and if you are looking to follow either of us, uh, you can find me at Penny Snark. And you can find me across all platforms at Midge Munster. And until next time, goodbye.